Today is Friday Listener Question Day. This is Michael Smalley, your lonely host, broadcasting live on Facebook and uh, from Chicago, Illinois. Super excited to be here. I got in just at the tail end of that uh, vortex of cold disaster. I can't think of the polar vortex, whatever the heck it was. And landed in Chicago late last night, so apparently I missed the minus 500 degree weather. And I got into the hotel safe and sound, other than having to stand outside at O'Hare in zero degree weather, and it was like minus 11 wind chill, for close to 20 minutes, waiting for the rental car shuttle to pick us up. I mean, people were panicked. It was cold. I looked like a terrorist with my ski mask thing that I borrowed from my wife. But I am alive, I am here, and going to be taking your questions today. So I'll be taking those on Facebook, as well as the ones that uh, you submitted through our Q&A hotline, which, by the way, if you want to be a part of that, go to smalleyinstitute.com. You can submit questions there. You can also, I'm old, got to get my glasses here. <clears throat> you can also call that hotline at 903-392-0975. And I actually have a voicemail question this week that we're going to play that I'll get to very soon. And then I also have a question that was submitted via Facebook from Mia Albert. So she is a loyal uh, watcher and listener of the show, and she has a great question. I've titled today, Separate Churches and a, um, how did I word that? It was something like, uh, you know, and, and, and how to help like a strong-willed kid. So a know-it-all first grader. That's what Mia gave us today. So I'm, I'm excited to talk about that as well as get some of y'all's feedback while I'm talking. Don't forget, go to smalleyinstitute.com where you can sign up for the Pursue Oneness course. You can see it right here if you're watching on Facebook. And... Uh, that Pursue Oneness is a very cool thing that we're doing. It's going to be an eight-week experience. It's being produced and put together as we're going along doing the shows. So the next episode for that Pursue Oneness will be on Monday. And so the podcast audience, you guys get a great show, but to get the full Monty, you got to sign up for that thing. It's $15. It's not a big deal. But you're getting a ton of cool content. We've already had bunches of you signing up already, and we appreciate your support. So, <clears throat> all right. Well, let's get to it. We'll take, here's the first question today, and this is from a listener. And, well, here it is. So, again, my question is, what is your thoughts about... Um, husband and wife going to two separate churches. Again, we were going to separate. He decided that he was going to go there. We didn't separate. We worked on our marriage and now we're back together. But now he wants me to fully commit to being there. And I wish I was able to stay where we were um, since we were young. Okay. Thank you. Bye. No, thank you. Thanks for calling that hotline and leaving us the question. So that was a unique question because I, at first, and I, I don't try to be contrarian. I really don't. And I don't even know if I'm even that contrarian, honestly. But um, 
at first thought, it's like, well, obviously, you know, a husband and wife have to go to the same church. And then this kind of philosophy that's like, well, hold on. There's very few black and white rules, right? So what's more important is to know what's the situation. How do I honor God? How do I honor others? How do I honor myself? And so, and what's the heart behind whatever the decision is that I think I'm going to do? So I don't know if it's a totally cut and dry answer or solution, I guess, because there, there are reasons that you may end up having to go to a different church and they could be totally valid, uh, I guess. And, you know, I cut out, had to edit out some of it, some of the question just because it was, it was too long to play. But in essence, she's been going to this church for 20 years. Her and her husband, her husband, it sounded like, was going to separate from her. And now they're back together. They're living back together in the same house. And he really wants her to go to the church he started going to. But it's like 30 minutes away. And she really misses the community that she's had for over 20 years at this other church that's real close to their house. So she's struggling with, well, do I just follow my husband to this new church that I'm not overly connected to and it's a long way away? Or can is it okay if I stay at the church where I really feel like I'm growing? I, you know, one of the thoughts that popped into my head too about this, and I'd be very curious what the Facebook Live viewers would also say on their opinion on whether or not a husband and wife can go to a separate church. But I know for like... In context of a family, I did not particularly enjoy the youth group of the church that my parents really loved growing up in Arizona, and I just didn't like it, so I wasn't overly involved. And then one day, my head football coach, my last one, so I think just for my senior year, he was also a youth pastor at an evangelical free church that was way smaller and way more intimate and like all of my best friends basically went to that church. And so my brother finally helped my parents understand why, uh, helped them understand why it was okay for me to be able to go to that church. And they kept going to the church that they really preferred. And so even as a family, I went to a different place because it was a better thing for me. It fed me better. I was able to get more involved. I enjoyed going to church. And they stayed at the church where they felt involved and that they enjoyed. So there's a scenario in my own life where a family, again, it kind of depends. Why are we doing that? Now, a husband and wife, gosh, I'm, I'm even trying to think of what might be a good reason to go um, to go to separate churches. Kirsten is watching. I agree. It depends on why, however. I would just be concerned on whether or not it brings confusion to small children. Uh, Well, I was in high school, so, uh, you know, I wasn't very young, but I don't know the ages of the children for our listener voicemail question. And that, actually, Kirsten, is a great point. There could be some cause for concern if your children are really young. Okay, now it becomes a little more complicated because it's like, well, daddy goes there and mommy goes here and why are we doing that? I've been in situations where someone worked at a church and that church required them to attend on Sundays and 
unfortunately, they weren't that crazy about that church, but it was a good job for the wife, I think. And so the husband, they would actually go to a different church after their early service. Um, they would even attend together at a different one, and the husband wouldn't go to the first one. And so I, I wouldn't be overly excited about going to separate churches. And if you were already at a point where you were going to be separated, and now you're not, I think it's probably more important that the two of you find a church that you can really enjoy together. I'd be curious on why your husband doesn't want to go to the one that you've kind of you guys have been at for 20 years. I'd be very curious about that. And because a part of getting back together and not being separated is these are the things that you got to learn how to figure out. We got to learn how to have these conversations with our spouse and and difficult ones potentially where we don't agree. This is kind of like a good one to figure out. And one of the things that you could do, especially when you get, if you get locked in on something and you guys are both kind of on the opposite side of the spectrum or whatever, then it's that third party deal. You've got to sit down with somebody that can help give you a fresh perspective. I was actually on the phone this morning with my accountability partner who gave me some great ideas on stuff I could do for my life to, you know, help me be better. And I mean, I just kept going, whoa, dude, how did I never think of that? Oh my gosh. And I'm trying to type stuff out on my, on my phone going, oh, I never would have thought of that. It is so helpful in your life to get other people's perspectives and opinions and ideas, uh, especially when you're stuck. So we got, oh, we're, we're getting a lot now. Kathy, Kathy, my cousin, said they could have a midweek couples group together. That's a very good suggestion, actually. Uh, Crystal on Facebook Live says, I think it's important to connect to the church you attend, but if you do separate churches, there needs to be a Bible study for the couple or some time to come to God together, especially after separation. And I think that's where my spirit is too, Crystal, that in lieu that they were separated, this feels like a risky move to attend different churches. And that could be part of the reason why the marriage was sort of at a breaking point to begin with. There could be stuff to process there. And then, all right, Kathy, Learn to honor. I'm sure she's wanting someone in authority to tell her he's wrong. Oh, interesting. Well, I'm not going to do that, and I will not say that they're wrong. All right, here's my next question. This comes from a loyal viewer on Facebook Live, Mia Albert, who has done some pretty cool images for us over the over the past few months and been super cool interacting on Facebook. So Mia, <clears throat> got to get my thing again. Mia Albert on Facebook left a comment asking this. I'm at the dentist waiting for my seven-year-old. I was kind of hoping I was going to get some classic, you know, seven-year-old post-dentist drug high video, but I don't think Mia got that. So I can't call, but I'm hoping you will take my FLQ this way. And yes, I will, Mia. This isn't a marriage question, but a parenting question, and I have the utmost respect for you both as parents. That is very kind, Mia. I think if you knew our children, you might feel differently. <laughs> Had to take a moment. Just wanted to criticize my kids. What do you do about a kid who argues about everything? 
I wouldn't have any idea what that's like, Cole Gregory Thomas Molly. I mean, he's like a tiny lawyer. The other day, he argued me, he argued with me about how many sides a sphere has, like a circle. <laughs> none, Mia says. None. It's a ball. It has no sides. Yes, Mom. It has an inside and an outside. We can't help him because he knows better about everything than we do. I thought I had until the teen years. But here we are in first grade arguing about wearing a coat in minus negative 18 degrees because he won't get frostbite that quickly. Help! Two exclamation points. Mia, first of all, my lord, that is hard. Was that dramatic? I always like that. With, it's like Jim Gaffigan has a great bid. My God. You can be very dramatic with glasses. So, okay, Mia. Clearly, you know, my guess is your son is a high lion beaver or just a high beaver potentially, but he's on that sort of hard side of the personality traits. <clears throat> One, make sure you remember, and I know you know this, but that's a blessing. Those kids turn out to be on fire for the Lord if they can get on the right path. It's kind of like they'll become an amazing Christian or a total criminal. No, I'm kidding. But they, you know, I I, I get sad sometimes because strong-willed kids, opinionated kids, a lot of times their parents can try to dampen who they are or smush who they are naturally instead of helping them learn how to do their personality and be themselves, but in a God-honoring way. So I love the fact that your seventh grader is arguing about whether or not he would get frostbite, you know, not that quick, or that he was arguing about the size of a sphere. The good news is, for me at least as a parent, I'm not a big arguer. I'm not analytical. Frankly, I'm not that intelligent overall. But um, I don't really tend to struggle with getting hooked into arguments. Now, my my oldest, Cole, he can, he can get me there pretty quickly. It's like, before I know it, I'm having conversations about things that I don't even want to be talking about, and I keep trying to get out of it, but he he pulls me in in such a sly, tricky way. So he's like so subtle and calm and soft, and next thing you know, I'm in, enraged in a uh, some kind of bizarre conversation over some opinion he has about whatever it is. I finally ended up with my, he's 22 years old, I finally said, hey, and we don't even normally disagree that much on stuff, but politically, I was like, I, I'm not even big into politics, so can I just, can we like, uh, I don't need to have these conversations, they totally stress me out. So, oh, hey, Mia. Mia is actually watching. That's the hard part of parenting him. I don't want to break that spirit and will. Amen, Mia. So keep remembering that it, it, you're like, because our daughter, our middle child, Reagan, was born. She like came out of the womb, really intense, very opinionated. And it was important for us not to break her spirit. We didn't want to break her will in parenting. So I would give Reagan opportunities to be in charge and opportunities to help solve problems. And I encourage that with her. 
And then I made sure, though, and held her accountable to how she treated me or how, how her words were or her actions. Uh, and she's turned out to be amazing. Very strong, but on fire for Christ. And that's really, Mia, that's obviously, I know that that's got to be your first priority is I got, I want to make sure this kid falls in love with Jesus because Jesus, he's got him and he'll get it directed and he'll get there eventually. But in terms of right now, trying to parent a seven-year-old who's opinionated about everything, I would want to ask first if, and you can actually answer the question. This is kind of fun. I would want to ask first if, um, are you are you engaging in in arguments that you don't need to engage in because you're his mother? What I mean by that is you can say, all right, honey, you're going to go outside. It's minus 18 degrees outside, so I need you to wear your coat. Okay? He can, he can try to argue, right? I mean, he's allowed to go, well, but mom, I'm, you know, I can put it on the way out to the car. I don't think I'll get frostbite too quickly. I don't think that happens too quickly. He, he, he needs to be allowed. Look, as a parent, your job is to have that kid, by the time he's ready to leave the home, be ready to leave the home, which means he needs to be an adult, mature. He needs to be able to make decisions. So, you know, parenting isn't about control. Parenting is really about freedom. It's really about releasing these kids and allowing them an opportunity to learn how to make healthy decisions and to know there are consequences for decisions. However, when it's minus 18 degrees and he's seven years old, Going out without a coat, I mean, frostbite can happen within a minute or two, I think. I'm not a doctor in that way. So that, you know, that becomes like a life and death kind of a thing or where there the consequences for a seven-year-old having to figure out that he actually didn't know as much as he thought he did about the uh, nuances of minus 18 degrees and frostbite, that you get to be a parent. So he can ask, I don't have to get offended by him going, but I won't get it, honey. This is actually not going to be a conversation or a discussion about it. You need to put your coat on now. If you don't, here will be the consequence. So that's where you step in and go, you have to make a choice. I am telling you, we're not having a discussion. This isn't up for debate. I appreciate your thoughts. But unfortunately, I'm your mother. And I'm saying you got to put your coat on inside the house before we go out. Or whatever, I don't I mean, whatever, uh, if he's wanting to go have a date at McDonald's with you or if it's going to a party or, you know, whatever it is, you have every right to go, hey, if you're unwilling to do this, here's the consequence. We're not going to go to the, we won't go to the car and I will wait until you put your coat on. And if that makes us late to the party, I'm really sorry, but that's your choice. So you either put your coat on now and we'll get going or, and you, and you give the natural consequence. Uh, but, but just make sure that you're not, you don't engage in the arguments. So he can try to, to debate you until he's blue in the face. You don't have to. And if it's getting frustrating or if it's feeling out of balance, another thing you could actually do would be, hey, honey, I love you and I really appreciate you are such a smart kid and you're analytical and you are and, and don't do it in a disparaging way, but you're like a little lawyer. That's really that actually might be a great job for you one day or occupation or career. However, 
right now, mommy doesn't want to have a debate. And so it stops. If you can't stop right now and just do what I asked, here's the consequence. At seven, the book that we read, my wife and I read for to help us with Reagan, was called One, Two, Three Magic. Brilliant. So at that point with a seven-year-old, it's for two to 12-year-olds, you go one, two, and they know, because you've already told them, if, if I give you something to do and you're being disobedient and I start counting, here's going to be the consequence if I say three. And then it comes down to following through with those consequences. Hey, Amy Smalley, she has joined. Uh, ooh, here we go. John Sams, I have a teenager that does the same thing. I just try to hold my tongue. We both are very strong-willed. Dude, John, that is like key to be able to recognize that uh, my kid's getting this from somewhere. So I, you know, and that's harder. Like I'm not as, I mean, I don't know, Amy, I, I'm, I'm a strong-willed or I can be very, opinion, but I just don't have like a deep desire to convince somebody of what I think is the correct stance or whatever. It uh, doesn't mean I don't ever do that, but it's a little easier for me to say I can back down. It's harder when they're two and they're just enraged and throwing a fit. Oh my gosh. Then I would need timeouts. Uh, Amy says, is it a personality difference or rebellion? Ooh, it's a matter of the heart. Wonderful feedback, my lovely wife. And it is, Mia. It is a matter of the heart. Is he just a strong, intelligent kid who has thoughts, ideas, and opinions? Or is he being disobedient? Is he being dishonoring with it? That's excellent. Uh, Mia said, that's my new party line. I'm not arguing with you. I'm telling you, Mia, I've had to say that to my 22-year-old a lot, going, hey, I'm not doing this. So... You can keep talking and doing whatever you want, but I'm I'm bailing out of this conversation right now. Uh, let me see. Okay, so here's Kirsten. You are so nice, Michael. This New York mom wasn't quite as forgiving. I did the count and never got past one because they knew. <laughs> yes, I have a feeling your children knew. We need to we need to stop now because our very life may depend on it. Well, listen, everybody. I know this hasn't been the longest broadcast in the history of Friday listener questions, but I am actually on the road, as you can see, in a hotel, and I need to get moving on to my next destination. So, thank you as always for watching on Facebook and for listening to the podcast. Get over to smalleyinstitute.com. You can sign up now for Pursue Oneness. It's an eight-week experience that we're building out right now that has exclusive content. Every single lesson has exclusive content that you can only get in the course. Pursue Oneness at SmalleyInstitute.com.